today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. There was some controversy uh, about a week or so ago when the Premier was musing about the idea of extending the uh, the red hot zones of uh, COVID uh, to Halton Region. Well, the uh, political leaders of Halton Region uh, wrote a letter, some of them did anyway, uh, expressing some concern about that. And it was characterized by an awful lot of people as, uh, well, some people especially thinking that, well, maybe the mayors were actually putting politics ahead of public health. Well, to that end, uh, Burlington Mayor Mary Ann Mead Ward has an op-ed in the paper today which I think clarifies uh, an awful lot of what went on and why it went on. Uh, and she joins us on the program. Uh, Burlington Mayor Marianne Mead Ward joins us here on the Bill Keller Show. Madam Mayor, good to have you back on the program. Hope you're doing well these days. I am healthy, and it's great to be back, Bill. I, I miss our chats. So do I. Well, there'll be a day, I'm sure. I don't know. I wouldn't want to circle one on the calendar yet, but we're going to get back to normal at some point, as long as we all play by these rules. Uh, maybe, maybe you could explain what was going on here. Like I say, there was some concern uh, that uh, that you know the uh, the hot zones that the mayor or the uh, the premier had already identified might extend to Halton. He'd already at that point extended them to York and Peel region, and of course Ottawa and the GTA. Uh, and uh, there was some concern raised about exactly the methodology. Maybe you could take it from there. Certainly. So there, when we heard, uh, along with the rest of the public, on Friday uh, before we wrote the letters that the Premier was thinking about potentially rolling Halton back to Stage 2 and that he was in discussion with his uh, medical officer of health, we felt that it would be important for us to share information that we thought was pertinent to that decision. And, and really, it's as simple as that. You know, we are, we are sought out for our information and perspectives. It, they are welcomed as part of this. It's part of a collaborative partnership. We have a good dialogue with our local medical officer of health, uh, certainly good dialogue with the premier. I speak to him on the phone uh, regularly, have done throughout this pandemic, and, and he's reached out to other mayors. So we, we are not the decision makers on this, so, uh, but we are absolutely people who provide uh, perspective and provide some information. And so when we learned that those discussions were kind of ramping up again, we thought, well, look, uh, the Premier gets to make the decision. The Medical Officer of Health for Ontario provides uh, health advice. So let's write two separate letters to both of those folks to give them what we think is happening on the ground in Halton and make sure they have all the information to make that decision. And ultimately, the evidence that we presented was persuasive and we were not rolled back to stage two and our numbers continued to go down. So the right decision for the right reason, it was based on medical uh, advice to the premier and we simply uh, were uh, were uh, part of that process to make sure that they had all the information they needed. All right, so there's a part of me that suggests that, okay, basically what you presented with them was data. Uh, Absolutely. And not, 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 not opinion so much, but data, uh, which I'm thinking they probably should have had anyway if they were actually even considering or toying with the idea of extending the, 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 the hot zone. I'm sure they they have access to data for sure, and we wanted to make sure that they had sort of everything uh, that was relevant and pertinent. So they would have the, the health indicators. And, and we also wanted them to know about the, the hospital capacity that we had, the PRU. These are things I know that they are aware of, but we, we kind of brought it all together in one letter to say, look at every single indicator. Look at it all. So the one that was uh, flagged as concerning, that was the potential to roll us back, was the the uh, rolling average of cases per 100,000 over a week being mm -hmm. over 25 for a period of time. Well, that's one indicator. And so we thought, 
we would suggest that that all of the indicators and let's let's reiterate to ourselves what you already have but let's reiterate what all of those indicators are uh, in addition to that one and the the other indicators uh, painted a very different picture and so we simply asked that they looked at the evidence we also wanted to let them know that the public is increasingly looking for evidence-based data-driven decision making and actually there's a there's a great um, article in uh, the star about super spreader events and most of them are in congregate care centers or workplaces and a few social gatherings and so uh, that has has really fed into this conversation where restaurants fitness centers and and you know that sort of thing are saying why are you closing us when the evidence really is is indicating now that the the spread and the transmission is sourced to some other source so that's what the public is looking for, is targeted, focused on health evidence, and, and we played a part in making sure that that evidence was there and that they knew what the, what the public was asking for on the ground. Because ultimately, we need residents to voluntarily follow these measures, and we need to keep them with us, and the, the way we do that is by presenting health evidence. Let me ask you about the, and I, I know you've got a good working relationship with the Premier, and, and that's great, and I'm not trying to infect that, but uh, I, I want to be candid about this, because I'm hearing an awful lot of feedback, as I'm sure you are, uh, Madam Mayor, from, from the business community, and, and others as well, uh, about how the data is collected by the province when they make these determinations, and, and you use the example of restaurants and bars, and, and to a certain extent, uh, gymnasiums as well. Uh, and, and the question they were asking, and I have asked uh, some of the ministers, I haven't got an answer to it yet, is can you present data that shows us that restaurants and bars are part of the problem here? Uh, th there seems to be an assumption that they are, but show me the numbers that show that, because I'm hearing the same thing you are, is that uh, the, the super spreaders are happening in private gatherings and clubs, people that are gathering in more than 40 or 50 people. Uh, I'm not hearing a whole lot of problem from restaurants and bars. And aside from the Spinco situation, of course, here in Hamilton, not a whole lot from gymnasiums either. Well, that's exactly the point. And as we have all continued to learn more and study more, throughout this pandemic, it is not good enough to assume that just because there's an area where it's open to the public and the public might be there, that that is, is uh, de facto and automatically going to be a source of spread. The data doesn't support that. So, and that's, that's fairly recent evidence that's emerged. And, and I understand certainly er, early in the pandemic, it was air on the side of caution and the public was with us they they said yes we will do that until we get a better handle on what this virus is how it spreads how we prevent it shut her down lock us down and now we know more about the virus not just from what's happening in our own community but globally and we have a better handle on how it's spread and just because people are gathering doesn't mean that that's a significant source of spread and so you look at certainly in Halton and Burlington, the, there is no evidence that there are transmission and, and that restaurants, for example, are the source of spread. There's zero evidence of that. And so we, we wanted to convey that as well, that, that this has to be based on more than simply an assumption that where the public gather, there's a risk of spread. Not all gatherings are the same. And so 
it, it's a higher level of precision that the public is asking for. And I, I actually believe the public health department is completely on that page too, both at the region and, and at the um, at, at, and at the province, because their number one goal is to keep us all safe. So understanding how to do that better and only closing or focusing on those areas where it's the most risk is exactly what they want to do and what we're all trying to do. I mean, because that's what I'm sharing. I, I must admit, I mean, I've only gone to restaurants a couple of times during this whole thing. Uh, but but you're not intermingling. I mean, by, by the very structure of the way these restaurants in, are set up these days, uh, you are socially distanced. I mean, that's that's the mandate, and that's what they're doing, and they've set their, their establishments up where the, you know, where the tables and chairs are and everything else. Uh, the private gatherings, not so much, of course, because there's no control. I, I And again, I'm not... I'm not trying to lambaste the provincial government here because this is an onerous task for any government to try to, to to keep an eye on things and to try to develop policy on it but you know it's it seems as if well we can do something with the restaurants and bars uh but we can't do much about the private gatherings so let's just you know focus on the restaurants and bars now i'm not sure that's fair and I'm, i i know a lot of business owners right now that are pretty upset about it well, it may be more symbolic than practical, and I think yeah. that's the new world that we've entered into, is that residents are looking for practical, not symbolic, and not erring on the side of caution. We can't lurch from open, closed, maybe closed next week, we're not sure, but maybe then you'll be able to open again with certain restrictions. You know, we can't do that. We're, we're going to have to live with this virus for, I'm thinking, years. Even if and when there's a vaccination, not everybody will take it. And until COVID is eradicated entirely, we will have to learn how to protect ourselves from acquiring it. And we can't shut the economy down forever. And in fact, the, the, the mood on the street is tell us how to operate safely, tell us how to behave safely, be clear, be consistent, and, 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 be, and simplify this. And I think what, what residents are looking for in particular and businesses that I've heard from is punish the bad actors, you know, make a, make a lesson out of them if you have to, but do that and, and let the rest of us who are fine, don't close a whole sector down because there's a bad actor within the sector. And I completely agree with that. And, and in my op-ed piece today, as, as you mentioned, uh, it's in the spec today, that I compared it to alcohol consumption. Once upon a time, bars were not responsible if people overconsumed and got in an accident on their way home. Now they are. That has fundamentally shifted the onus of responsibility onto establishments to make sure that people are safe within their establishment and, and on their way home. And I think that the same approach could be taken to all of the business venues. If you are identified as a source of spread, then we're going to come after you. But we're going to leave the industry and the sector open and give you really solid guidelines, and we'll put, rec we'll put it into regulation if we have to, to keep you open and operating safely, and then it's on you to comply. And I would say all of the businesses in Burlington are right there already. They have put voluntary measures in place for their staff, for their employees, to keep their establishment open because they recognize an outbreak sourced to their facility is not good for business. They want to keep people safe. That's job number one. But number two, if you are traced, you know, if you're the source of a COVID outbreak, that, that isn't, you know, good luck getting your customers back after that. So, to so that there's, end a, then. there's a dual reason to do the right thing. And I think they will, but they need clear guidelines and not ones that change every week or every 20, 28 days. 
Okay, so you get the sense then that, that everybody on the team, and by team I mean the political leaders, uh, the medical leaders, the medical officers of health, and, and certainly the provincial government. Are we all on the same page about this? Because I, I'm not so sure that we were two weeks ago. We are on the same page. There, there is no... Um, there is no dispute in our central message of both of the letters that we sent, one to the Premier, one to the Ontario Medical Officer of Health, which is to tie health decisions to health data. There has been zero dispute from anybody about that. There was an effort to try and drum up some perceived conflict and, and whatnot, and I suppose that you know that makes for a one-day story for somebody, but that's not accurate. It is absolutely uh, we are aligned that these decisions should be based, based on health evidence. And as elected officials, we have a duty, a moral obligation to share what we know, to use our voices, to speak up and advocate on behalf of our citizens to those decision makers, recognizing that we don't make the decision. The decision is made by others, but we absolutely have a role to play in providing relevant information to those decision makers. It would be a dereliction of our duty if we didn't do that. So, you know, there is no conflict, and we are all on the same page, and I haven't heard anybody dispute that that decision should now be more targeted and they should be absolutely based on proven evidence of risk of transmission. That is the future. That It's actually the present, but that's the yeah. future, and I haven't heard anyone disagree with that. Well, it's it's because uh, I, I, I've, I've read the, the, the obviously the letters and we followed the story here on our program as well. And it, it, it's, to me, it's, it was tantamount to a baseball player calling in the umpire just be be consistent. You know, don't call balls and strikes mm-hmm. the same way for everybody. Don't, don't change it from day to day or from person to person. Things like that. And and I'm guessing this is what you're hearing from your business community as well. We want to play guy with you. We want to play by the rules, but please make the rules consistent. Consistent, clear, and and simpler than they have been. You know, when, for example, when, when the city of Burlington, uh, we always followed the recommendations from our medical officer of health, as does the rest of, uh, of Halton municipalities. There was a recommendation, at, certainly after SpinCo, uh, proven evidence that a class could be a source of transmission. We ended classes in our city facilities for a period of time. We pushed pause. And we will review those and open those back up as new evidence changes or as we get better guidelines for how to keep those activities safe. But, but that, you know, that was a perfect example of we need to take that targeted approach. It's still a difficult one for a lot of folks. And, and they're looking for when can we, op- when can we reopen. Uh, tell us how to do it safely. That's the world that we're in, and that's the expectation that we have from the community, the customers, but also from the businesses in in all of, really, it, it's beyond, uh, I've gotten mail from across the country about this, and, and everyone's looking for uh, simple, clear, easy to understand. You know, when, when it was first reported, people thought all recreational activity was shut down, and it wasn't. So we, we, this is my plea to the, to the media that I used to be part of for 20 years. Please avoid the clickbait headlines. Please report the story accurately. I saw some headlines saying that, suggesting that all recreation was canceled in Burlington. It simply wasn't true. It was focused and targeted. But, but back to the central message: we need uh, simple, clear, and and uh, consistent messaging that people can understand and don't have to, you know, open their. Um, you know, open their message, the the web browsers to find out what they can do today. 
I, I've got about a minute left, but I just have to ask you again on process. And I've asked uh, Mayor Eisenberger in Hamilton uh, about the same thing. Are you consulted before these announcements are made, or do you react to them? A little bit of both, actually. If there's some urgency, they are announced, and that is exactly what you want the health officials with the decision-making authority to do. If there's an, an urgent need for action, then act. And in the case of fitness centers, we, we uh, got the information and the recommendations, and within 24 hours, we'd ended uh, fitness classes. Tough decision. Uh, we also ended game play, so it was only reduced to practice and training. So tough decision, but the right one. Um, when there's a little bit more runway, then we absolutely, the Premier will pick up the, the phone and call us, or it or we have discussions, we get an update every uh, count, regional council meeting that's monthly from our medical officer of health, and those portions of the meeting are usually, you know, hours long, mm-hmm. where folks are ask, asking questions, we get the update. So it all depends on the urgency of the question, but the collaboration has been there throughout. Burlington Mayor, Mary Amy Ward, uh, Madam Mayor, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you for the time and thank you for the clarification on what's going on and uh, good luck going forward. Thank you. Thanks for asking. Appreciate the opportunity. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.